Here we are, episode 21 of the Iron Dread Podcast. The episode's starting to head up here. We're only three more, three more episodes, and then we will be heading into episode number 25. Uh, this week's episode, we have Gary Gall on with us. Uh, talked with Gary. Gary's a friend from a past coaching stop of New Paltz, New York. He's been a strength coach at the university level. He started strength programs. Uh, he's a personal trainer, you know, working with all kinds of different types of people and athletes. So we'll hear a little bit about Gary's story, his philosophies on training, what he does to train. Um, one of the most important things that I think we are trying to develop here in our program, uh, the Iron Dread program, is the development of culture uh, within your training and within your athletics. So it was a great conversation with Gary. Uh, I tried to take this and split it into two parts, and I just couldn't. Um, it was a good conversation all the way through. Really had a lot of fun um, talking with Gary about this, and hopefully we'll we'll get the chance to check back in with Gary. Um, Gary's all the way out in uh, Hollywood, California, so there was a bit of a time delay. Uh, some of the audio, because we did have him on the, uh, on the phone calling in, some of the audio might cut in and out a little bit, but it's not that bad. You'll still be able to hear... Uh, our guy Gary, and here were all the great stuff that he had to say. As far as the Iron Dread program, we're running strong. Uh, we go, this week we got our max effort variance uh, going in f- of a wide stance squat versus bands to a parallel box on our max effort lower day. And on our max effort upper day, we're running a variation of uh, the bench press. Haven't decided yet between floor press two board or reverse band we're probably due for a full range of motion movement so we might go reverse band bench um, take some strain off the shoulders and let some kids uh, handle some heavy heavy weights at the top as we strain through uh, dynamic effort wise we're on week two of the three-week pendulum wave uh, running our eight sets of two 35 percent lower body days um, and our eight sets of three for our upper body stuff Still working 35%, going against uh, accommodating resistance of bands as well. Still working on getting our uh, specialty bars. Right, still working on bringing, uh, hopefully, bringing in some funds to do that, and working on liftathon things that we will be talking about um, in the future. Uh, but before we hit our intro music and get into our interview with Gary, if you would like to be on the Iron Dread podcast, if you are a strength coach, a strength athlete, um, a teacher, a coach, and you're listening to this and you're interested in contributing to our podcast, um, please reach out to me uh, at any of our social medias at irondred underscore sc and let me know that you're interested in being on the podcast. Also, this week's episode brought to you again by Red Brick Kitchen and Bar in Dexter on Main Street and by Crank It Up DJ Service and Line Dance Instruction. So please, if you enjoy the show, patronize our sponsors and tell them you heard about them on the Iron Dread podcast. If you would like to become a sponsor of the podcast, please reach out to me at Whitaker, W-H-I-T-T-A-K-E-R-C, at DexterSchools.com, and we can get you on the show as an official sponsor of the Iron Dread podcast. So let's get in to our interview with Personal trainer, strength coach, all-around good guy, Gary Gall. Hit the intro music. Here we are, back live to record on the Iron Dread Podcast. On the line, we have my good friend, Mr. Gary Gall. How's it going, Coach? What do you want, fellas? All good here. All good here. Yeah, we uh, Gary and I go go back, and we're going to talk about his story. We go back to uh, we we both were on the same coaching staff uh, at New Paltz High School in New Paltz, New York. Uh, I was the offensive coordinator at that time, and, and Gary was our strength coach. We got a chance to share uh, share a lot of connections 
uh, with uh, strength and conditioning and glad to uh, we've been trying to get this together Gary for a while yeah I think it's been about six months in the making now <laughs> about, finally since we last finally summer. got it put together yeah and, we, it, and it's crazy you know, it's, it's crazy we were at New Falls four years ago 2015 time just keeps rolling by man oh, yeah. that's how it goes for sure Sure. It, it's it it's crazy how much has changed between uh, between then and now. I mean, look, I was I was calling offensive plays, and you were doing all the strength stuff while I was in the in the football room. And now, basically, all I do is uh, strength stuff, and someone else calls the offensive plays for our school. And you're up in Michigan, and I'm out west. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We're not. We're neither one we're of us both. are. Neither one of us are still in New York. So you said talk about your. You're out west. Uh, you're out there in Los Angeles, correct? Yeah, I'm in Los Angeles. I'm actually, you know, address-wise, we're in West Hollywood. So right where all the action is. Right. Different world. Definitely a, a different vibe. I mean, you can't complain about the weather. That's one thing for sure. You know, I was coming out to it thinking that you would, you'd see the New York City of the West. It's just a little bit different out here. It's a little broader, vast, very, very spread out. So it's almost like a large suburban community, which is it's kind of nice. I don't know if I could handle the the energy of a massive city and everything right there in a few blocks. But it's been a great journey so far. It's already been over a year, and I just I can't believe how fast it's gone by. You blink your eyes a couple times, and here we are. So trying to stay present with it. That's- Out there on the West Coast. Uh, now we, we got a three hour three hour delay, so it's about what uh, five sixteen right there where you are. It is. It's about quarter after five right now. Took a while to get used to that, and when I was calling home and parents and everything, they're always on a three hour difference. I'd be ready to call at a certain time. It's like, oh wait, it's it's about ten o'clock. They're probably sleeping. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's when we were setting this up, trying to. All right, he's three hours behind us. Or, you know, so when am I, I going to be able to get him on? Uh, it's always a, he always has to put that into the text, too. It's like, oh, man, right. It'll be 5 o'clock your time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then I would have been asking, is it 5 o'clock your time or 5 o'clock my time? Because that's 2 o'clock, maybe it's 8. <laughs> yeah, it can get confusing with the hour change. Is that sure? Oh, yeah. So, um, Tell tell our listeners kind of um, how you how you kind of got to where you're at, right? You're, you're, you got your personal training uh, thing going on out there, and obviously we get to that. But kind of how did you how did you start? Like what got you into uh, being a personal trainer and strength coach, and how did you get to where you are? Oh man, I'll give you the the condensed version. But so you know, I played high school football, I played college football. So working out has been a major part of my life basically since I was 12 years old. And when I went to college, I I thought I wanted to be something different. I actually thought I wanted to be in sports broadcasting and on news reporting. And I did that a little bit. And it was cool. I enjoyed it. But there was something missing out of it. And when I got out of football, I, I missed the idea of having a team and being around members of a team. So what I originally thought I wanted to do was go to the military. So for about two years out of college, that's what I trained for. I trained for the special forces and we would have motivators and recruiters come in. We would get tested weekly. And I figured, you know, there's nothing better than being on a team and if I can be on this team in the world. So that's where I wanted to go. But due to a, a medical condition that I didn't even know about, I actually couldn't get I have a scar going across my left eye that nobody really knows what that is. And they, a Navy doctor actually found that. So it was kind of crazy. The world kind of exploded in front of me. I didn't really know what to do or where to go, but I did start to realize that other recruits, other people at the gym, you know, they would come up to me and they'd be like, hey, how do I do this? Or, you know, how'd you... How'd you do that for your abs? We just start asking me fitness questions. So then I sat back and I'm like, well, I really enjoy this. I like working out. I like being in a gym. Now I'm getting questions from people. I'm doing little favors for people. I wonder if I can figure out 
you know, how to make this my passion, how to make this my career. I dove in on the personal training world and I started as a personal trainer, group fitness instructor. Really enjoyed that. I did camp work. We had classes sometimes that were 60 to 70 people. You know, we put, I, at one point I had a camouflage shirt. You know, we really, really played out the whole military. But I wanted something more. I, I thought about my own strength coach and when we would be in workouts in our gym playing football. Like, that guy, you know, that was a cool job. Like a lot of fun. He had a lot of energy and he always lifted up. And I think I can do that. So that's when I looked into grad school. I didn't have a, a degree in exercise science or anything like that. So I had to go back. I had to go back to my master's degree and I did. I went to Aberdeen, South Dakota. Crazy. I've never been there in my life. I'm from Pennsylvania originally. So took the car and the clothes I had and drove out there. That would have been 2011. And I started out. I started out as an intern as a strength coach and then worked my way up as to a graduate assistant and assistant coach. And it was a lot of fun, man. It was a, it was a great learning experience. It was great to work with the kids. It was great to have the coach that was there. Everybody was very into it. The athletic director of the administration was very into the program. And I stayed there until August of 2013. And then in that time, that was when I got the job at New Paltz. Very interesting, cool job because I was the first strength coach in the history of the program. So at 26 years old, I got to come in and pretty much pave my own way. And I was at New Paltz for the last five years before coming out here to L.A. And it's been a journey. It's been an absolute ride. You know, New Paltz was great. Right from the get-go, kids seemed to to buy into what was going on, and success kind of followed. Back. The whole time, I guess what missing for me was the idea of a mentor. You know, I kind of did, you know, my boss, even when I was at Northern State, just kind of let me take out a lot of things, and I have great hands-on experience. But I just never really had someone there to be like, hey, look at it this way or we should do it that way. And, you know, I did all the procedures. I went to clinics. I read the articles. I read certain things. But one of the biggest reasons of coming out to L.A. is, you know, our facility is very state-of-the-art. And we like to think of ourselves as the best gym in the city, maybe someday the best gym in the country. But the part about it is our two owners have about 30 years of experience between them. And I just knew, I was like, all right, that's my next step. That's somewhere that I need to be. I need to take a sit back and talk less, listen more, and really try to gain some knowledge in this field, which throughout my career, I feel like I'm great with motivation. I'm great with energy. I can bring all that to the table. I have great hands-on experience, but I feel like I missed and where I'm coming up a little short is just college and being on the pioneering front of what's truly gone in the fitness world, whether it be personal training or whether it be strength and conditioning. And that brings us to the present day. I've been personal training, basically one-on-one -on -one work, small group work for the last year and a few months and we keep on heading strong. I think I'm eight years deep now, if you count to when I started. I started personal training back in 2011 at the YMCA. <laughs> <laughs> and we all kind of get our start there at the old YMCA, right? Well, it's funny, right? You, know, you, you sit back. I remember when I went there, and I just said, hey, look, I'll clean the floors. I, I, I want to be here. I want to be around the gym. I want to see how things flow. I want to see trainers working with clients. I want to see how the whole process is going to go, and I'm going to take that and try to run with it. Yeah, I mean that's that's where we all you know you, you get going and get going at the basic level of things, and I think sometimes um, we can like when we we have the opportunity to start something of our own, you know, you you reflect back on that, you know, you reflect back on the the 
time you spent at the Y and what you learned there. And there might have been, and there's always that one guy too at the Y that's like freakishly strong, right? That you, oh, yeah. You just go the up. The one beast of a guy <laughs> that comes out of nowhere and you sit back and you're thinking, where, where did this come from? <laughs> yeah. What's he doing? <laughs> the smallest YMCA in the world. You can still go in and find somebody that, you know, benches 500 somewhere at some point. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, you still have the equipment, you know, it might be the second-hand equipment inside. That's how our place was in, in Pittston, PA. Some of the equipment was still from the 80s, it looked like, you know? The old uh, pumping iron Nautilus machines from uh, from uh, Arnold and pumping iron there? You know, how funny that is. I just, it's been under a year since I watched. I watched that about a year ago. Slow to get into that game, huh? Yeah. I'd recommend it for anybody that's looking to get into the field. Oh, One yeah. of the best documentaries you can watch. Oh, yeah. To see to see the Louis and Arnold battle out and uh, and do all that and watch them train and watch the the effort that they put in um, in the training and what it took for them to be so great. And I, I think well, that's the discipline behind it. Yeah, like how oh, how hard absolutely. they do it. That we just. Uh, you know, a lot of our kids, uh, last our last episode we were talking about with uh, some of our kids when we went to the Arnold Classic. Because uh, out here, we're about three hours from Columbus, Ohio. So we got to go down to that and, and see Arnold. So, yeah, all you guys out there that are listening to this, and if you haven't seen Arnold in his heyday and pumping iron, uh, you better check that out. So You definitely need to check it out. What? Not so, just because it's pumping iron. I think it's just it's just because just to see the discipline and the effort that you talk about, Chris, you know, and what it takes to get to the level they got to. What they had to do to get there. And, and Matt, that's one of the biggest things. I'm sure you see it in personal training. I know you saw it as a strength coach. We see it here. The kids that commit to our program and get after it and show up day in, day out, put in the effort, you know, they're they're the ones that are that are making the the difference. The kids that might walk through the door, and they leave that they leave that accessory work set, you know, on the table, and oh, you know, I'm a little tired, gotta get out of here. You know, they're not they're not the same as the ones that that put in that effort. All right, so well, we're we're big. You got anything else on that? I'm sorry. Oh no, I mean I just said it's. It's very simple to understand, right? If you put in the work and put in the effort, usually everything falls into place. Yes. The problem is it's just, it's just hard to do. You know, not everybody is willing to do that. So you have to be the one willing to do what others won't do. Amen, brother. Amen. We preach all the time. Well, we're not, we're not embracing, it, embracing excuses. Uh, don't make excuses. Don't tell, don't tell us. This or that. Hey, life's gonna happen. We find a way. Yeah, we find That's a way to, to keep working. So, so for us, right, we, a lot of what we do is athletes, and you've spent a significant amount of time with athletes. Uh, for you, when you're training your athletes, what what does strength and strength and conditioning for your athletes? What does it mean, or what does it look like uh, from your vantage point? As far as the program goes, uh, you know, programming. Um, you know, kind of what are what are the things that you try to develop in your athletes, um, stuff like that. Like, what what are you trying to when you're when you got a client now who's an athlete, or when you were working uh, in New Paltz and you had your you know your teams, um, what what did it for for them and for you bringing it bringing the training to them? Um, what did it look like? What did it mean to you? Kind of what were your things like we. We for us we value we value strength, right? and that's what we're trying to develop strength, and that's kind of the the top tier for us, and then from there right it's you know mobility injury prevention, um, being able to compete, and and strain and push yourself. Uh, what kind of things did uh, what did you bring to your kids? I love that. I love what you just said. My biggest thing when I was heavily into the strength coaching world was built from ground up and movement over muscle. The two that 
really, really stuck with me as far as a, a, a programming standpoint. So I was very dominant. I loved the Olympic lifts. You know, I loved the Queens. I got to the level where I had some athletes going snatches, but going overhead like that, sometimes you didn't always have the time to train it, and I found more value in, in simpler movements. But built from the ground up and moved the muscles and like that, and I definitely ran with it. You know, we would, as I went heavy, you know, we would go three to four days a week when we would like, kick it off with an Olympic movement, some variation of an Olympic movement, followed up by a big compound leg movement. And then we would work into bilateral, actually, excuse me, unilateral leg movements. And then we went into our presses and our pulling. I did mostly full body work. You know, I would cover the body from what I like to think neck all the way down to the ankles. And that changed. You know, my first year in, I was pretty much a replica of what my old boss at Northern State did. And it worked out well. But then I realized that I wasn't at Northern State anymore. And I had different athletes with different needs. So I started diving to more of what I thought we needed. And the program changed and reflected that a lot. You know, we we went into mobility work more. We went into recovery work. You know, I really found myself gravitating toward a lot of single leg work and a lot of core work at the end of my career there. Not career, but my career. But I enjoyed it. I mean, I enjoyed that type of training. You know, it's, it's something... Here in the world I'm in now, it's it's a little bit different because, you know, all the equipment we have, all the different tools we have, you know, New Paltz was so simple. I had dumbbells, I had barbells, I had bumper plates, and I had racks, right? So you really simplify. There was nothing fancy. Like, hey, we're squatting today. We're going to get today. We're going to clean today. And we're going to take the dumbbells and press some dumbbells and pull them. And that's how we're going to work. And really, going beyond that, you know, and I'm sure we'll touch on this and we can really dive in deep on this because it's a passion of mine, but being a, a strength coach and having your own program, you get to create a culture. And man, that to me is, is something that is just, it's not there anymore. At least not like it was in my personal experiences in high school and college. I don't now there's there's some kind of strategy out there or coaches are looking for some kind of quick way to outsmart someone else. And the best quote I ever heard about it was culture eats strategy for breakfast. And the biggest you know, where I put most of my energy in was how can I create culture of work? How can I see a culture of effort? You know, to the point where it wasn't even me anymore. I was just guiding kids, and, and the leader of the team were on team members to make sure everybody was getting work done. And every second and minute in our hour was accounted for with some type of work to benefit their athletic ability. And that's, that's in a nutshell. You know, the programming is, I don't think I have anything out of this world, any kind of new invention. I don't, I mean, from what you do, Chris, I don't think you do either. We're not reinventing the wheel. It's just how you do certain things and where you place certain things and the energy that you bring to the table in hopes that it influences and infects the other people in the room. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Uh, I mean, yeah, we're a conjugate school. Uh, we like, you know, we, we squat, bench, deadlift. We, we don't really do the Olympic variants, but you said it. Uh, the programming, whatever it is, if it's, you know, conjugate, if it's linear periodization, if it's uh, Olympic lifts along a linear scale, what, what whatever it is, um, I think it boils down to the culture. And I'm glad you brought that up because I think... I think we'll go there because, I mean, the reason why this podcast even exists is to help 
develop our culture of strength and help bring information to not only you know our our kids ideally our kids at, at Dexter High School that we put out there but to you know push this out to anyone that is uh that's listening and understanding and values or needs to learn to value strength and value being strong um when we got here to to Dexter right we, we the weight room was like a ghost town you know there was not uh there was not too many guys going in there and um and we're we're here now to develop a culture of strength the movements uh you know what exercises how many sets how many reps you know how you do it there's countless different ways that have been proven effective but i think i think you said it with culture is where it's at and uh you're right i mean they don't we don't have see it as much um especially within our building <laughs> uh, I mean, it was it was the same. It was the same. You know, people, you know, people talked about it, and it was like the myth almost. You know, and I didn't, I didn't really buy into that. I I put more attention on what I could do opposed to what I couldn't, and I realized I had very simple tools. Um, I realized the program that I wanted to do. You know, athletes, an athlete uses their whole body all the time. They have to use multiple joints, you know, multiple patterns to go through. And, and in my head, the more I was emulating that, you know, the better off we'd be. That's why we do the squats. That's why we do the deadlifts. That's why we do the Olympic lifts. That's why we try to do unilateral lifts, you know, work the core. Another big thing that I... What I got into as we kept going is I realized, you know, we're built from the inside out. If our core is not strong, most likely we're not going to be strong. But all that, you know, all the books, the science, everything, it, it won't carry through without the energy motivation in the room. It won't carry through if you had the freshman class for the last four years and now they're seniors and they're running – gym like you would you know that to me was success that's where we were with some teams the successful teams that's the level we got to at new boston right? and get it with everybody and that's, that's what it is but the ones that really came in you know you saw that you saw it and they would run it and they would be lighting up the room i'd go back into a, a couple notes hey move your knee in slide the foot out a little bit. Oh, here, look, let's watch. Let's see if this is what. If you didn't have to provide the motivation and energy. That's the beginning of my career. I thought that's what I needed to do. That's what had to happen. And the more I realized it is like, okay, and do that. Are they, are they carrying that to other aspects? Are they carrying it to practice? Or are they trying to do it themselves? Or are they just doing it because I'm, I'm doing it. Does that make sense? Oh, no. I I get exactly what you're saying. Uh, when they feed off of us and they only rely on us where they can't get to that level and get to that level of excitement and that level of drive without us coming in and, and jumping up and down and doing all this stuff. Um, I think of like the – have you seen the – during football season, right, the guy from uh, Northwestern. Uh, did you see any? I don't know. I know the guy from Penn State is pretty good. He was doing burpees on the field. Yeah. There was a video that went a while. I think it was like Louisiana Monroe. The other, the string coach was walking over the guy doing wall Now tell me about the Northwestern. Well, the, guy. the Northwestern guy and our my, our head football coach, he sent it to me and asked if uh, this is what I was going to do in our pregame next season and. <laughs> It was it was kind of comical, you know. The guy is running around um, the field, you know, doing doing all kinds of you know, like jumping jacks in people's face and right, like bouncing up and down like he can't stand still, and, and all kinds of stuff. And to me, like yeah, like I, I'll I'll give them I'll give them a little bit of energy, 
but it, it has to it has to come from them. And to me, guys that are doing that, um, it's them really. I I almost feel as they're looking more for more attention on themselves than they are actually helping the kids. You know, I was just gonna say that. I was actually just gonna agree with you on that. And that's, you know, that's how can I say this and put it? When I first started out, that's that's just what I thought the job wired is you have to bring the energy to the table. But then I just saw, you know, I saw a different perspective. I, I watched them sometimes go to practice and it'd be almost right after a lift. And I'm sitting there and this practice looks dead. And then that's when the mind started to trip. Like, oh, okay. They're relying on me to do all this. And they're reacting from what I do. They're not creating it themselves. And that's the problem. Yeah. That's a problem if you're going to go into the rest of your, you know, I see them an hour in, you see them an hour a day. That's a problem if you have to go through the rest of your day. You have to go through the rest of your season, the rest of your life, whatever you want to quit. You can't have somebody there to to set the table. You have to be ready to set it. I agree. And I, and I think that's a skill, too, that we need to teach them, uh, especially when, as we said before, the culture isn't exactly there in everybody we don't have we may not have that kid um or those kids right there at our disposal that are going to instantly come in from day one uh i feel like how we've developed it like we have our our group they they call themselves the chain gang um they <laughs> i love that well because they started training with chains you know conjugate system bands chains you know uh they right. like they like to use accommodating resistance with chains and they started calling themselves the chain gang. Well now the chain gang has become like the uh you know, they're they're like their little their little club and um there's like an application process, like I'm I'm making air quotes, you know, with my fingers right now in order to get into the club, um and whatnot. But those kids they they are leaders within the weight room. Those those kids are not only the example, without without me having to go over and say a word to them, um, they're the example for everyone else. But people feed off of them, right? When they're in there and they're max effort squatting and they're coaching each other up and they're cheering each other on to strain against the bar and accomplish our goal for that day of straining against a heavy weight and holding good form. You know, everybody else feeds off of that, and. That that's you know, to me that that's the a sign that we're starting to get there, to where we want to be. Put the spark plug in, the right? Yeah. And you saw, I mean, you saw that where I was too, and you you especially saw it with with the teams that had success. You know, it's funny how that goes. It ends up to to work out that way. But there were teams that did have success, and and, and we had that too. But again, the, the element behind it that I always came back to is, is, you know, I wrote it down, I think it was my third year when I started to develop this other philosophy. You know, I wrote down on the sheet of paper is I must be a guide. Or I must work my way into being a guide. I can't be a center of attention, the loud, the loud mouth in the room, the most energy in the room. And if, if that requires the room to have zero energy, then that's fine. We'll go through that and then we'll come back and, and reassess why it had that and make them understand. Some won't, just don't want to. And you said it's a skill. I believe it is too. But behind all that, you have to have a, a running inside to, to even work on a skill. If you don't have passion or desire to hold yourself accountable to teammates or to just in effort in life it's not going to work agreed agreed for sure that we we, we haven't um these kids have have come to the forefront so you're exactly as you said all these kids that i'm i'm referencing for us it, it wasn't because i all of a sudden as a coach reached out and found it in them and taught the skill no they they started to kind of make their way towards it. They started to show signs that they had that inner drive. And as you mentioned, right, I just guided them. 
I, I made it okay. Yep. You know? and you that, pointed them in the right direction. You gave them a little shove back onto the path, and that's how you go. Yep. And I mean, and now they're, for us, they're, like I said, the, the energy, not only when they're training, but they're also the kids that will stick around after their training session is done. And when I have a group of 50, you know, seventh and eighth grade track kids coming into the room, they hang out and help coach, you know, and they help, help teach movements to the new kids and they're passing on that love of training to them. To me, that's, that's beautiful. That's a beautiful thing. And, you know, I was in my last, basically my last year where I saw that. And it's cool. It's cool when you're, you're quite, nobody even knows you're in the room. And I, that was the happiest I ever was on the planet because I actually had other kids helping or even calling it out or addressing an issue. And, you know, it's, I'm sure you're doing the same thing. You just sit back and you're like, man, that's, that's beautiful. That is, that's why I'm here. That's what I'm trying to accomplish. And that's what basically we're here trying to accomplish. In this yeah, that's culture. That's culture coming culture. through. And it just carries Culture out. in a nutshell. It just carries It, it eats strategy for breakfast. Remember that. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Amen, brother. All right. So let's, uh, well, we kind of talk about excitement um and building things and and one of the things that's part of our our culture and what we do is you know we we love music all right so we're gonna we we have our theme days Uh, our listeners of the podcast have heard them before you know we have our mosh pit mondays our today's hit our throwback tuesdays because you know you got to be different everybody throws back on thursday in the rest of the world but we got to be a little incredible you know, break the cycle, throw back on Tuesday. Uh, Wednesday, sure, Wednesday, one of my personal favorites, Wu-Tang Clan, Wednesday. Uh, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of kids around here that throw up that Wu-Tang uh, hand signal. Um, it'll be fun. You can go walking down to a, a middle school track meet, and there'll be a bunch of little seventh grade girl, Coach, Wu-Tang, and they're throwing it up and doing dancing around. But... Um, today, and just jam out for the next hour. I love that. Oh yeah, that's incredible. Oh yeah, there's a there's a playlist on Spotify if you wanna wanna check it out. Um, today's hits Thursday, my least favorite day of the week. Then Friday's a free for all. <laughs> free for all Friday. Yeah, you never know what That'd you're gonna Friday. get. You never know what you're all gonna right. get on Friday. But music is is part of our of our culture and what we do and how we motivate uh, ourselves a little bit and kind of turn the juice up. Um, I know you're you're a guy that that likes some good tunes. Uh, if you had to pick uh, one favorite song, right? That when you're when you're going for that record attempt, when you're pushing through, and we're going to talk about uh, how you train in a moment. When you're getting after it, and you're going for your your big challenge in training, or when you're working with a group, if you want to go that route as well. What's your what's your weight room song? What's what's the song that that you want to hit? If you had to if you had to narrow it down, man, you laugh at this, but my personal best, my personal favorite is a, a song called "All of the Above" by Matt. My I don't, I don't even say his name. I just know the song. I mean, it's it's tops. If there's ever anything that I'm gonna push push on, or I'm ever gonna have some kind of workout that's I know is going to exhaust past my mental state, that's the song that I'll have to kick off, for sure. It's more of a, it's more of a hip-hop, I want to say rock type song, but yeah, that's what gets the juices on. Okay, all of the above. Above. All of the above. I think it's M-A-I is the artist. M A. What was that? The uh, the name of that guy. M A I N O. M A, I N O. All all the kids listening to this are probably laughing at us because they probably know who this guy is. 
Oh, oh yeah. It's probably laughing at me right now. I don't even know who sings it. I just know it's a song that I like. All right, all the above. We'll 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 find that we'll find that song, and that will uh, that will be our weight room song of the week uh, this week, uh, picked by you. I love it, Gary Gall, our our special guest. Uh, So let's uh, let's dive into your training. Your training. Um, Me, I'm a guy that I train right now the way I train my athletes. I train conjugate. I'm trying to get strong. Yeah, same time, you know, try to not be 300 pounds again, but still get strong um, and get after it. How do you train? What, what's what's your preferred um, training style to go to um, when you're going to get after and keep yourself uh, in shape? Walk the walk, if you will. Yeah, I totally believe it, man. I mean, you have to practice what you preach. So that's for sure. And... Training always changed. You know, I was just like you as a strength coach. I came in and I, mean, I was a body of a guy for many years. And when I first, you know, the first six months, even you know, a year into strength coaching, you know, I was still doing the bodily movements. And I thought, you know, these kids are going to be watching. You're going to see everything. I mean, I have to be doing what they're doing. So I got heavy into the Olympic lifts. Undulating programs, I called it the roller coaster. You know, I would... I'd have a big week, I'd have a load week, I'd have a load week, and then I'd have a peak week. You know, I follow USAW taught me that that style and what I like to call the roller coaster. And then I I got myself into a five week program that I kind of made and felt out on my own. It was the, the same style, you know, the reps the reps go down, the weight goes up. The reps up, the weight goes down. I kept it very simple, monitored my percentages. And I was, I felt very strong. And it was funny because I actually lost weight, which was kind of neat. I don't know if that's just a genetic thing, but that's how it happened to work out. That was that was the first two and a half years in really my career. I got into the CrossFit world. Personally, I got into it very heavy. I competed that for three years. I did three opens. And, you know, everybody has their... You have your naysayers, you have your cult-like people. You know, I I enjoyed it because to me, pushing the limits like that was a skill set mentally. You know, it helped you through so many things and it made you very mentally tough, so to speak. But, you know, I was fortunate enough to work with coaches and see how coaches put an art behind what they are doing. And the movements were incredible. I, I like to use some of the movements with the kids. So, again, I was going to try them first. And I was in that for about three years. And that's when I realized, too, it was like, hey, this is intense. I can feel shoulders, knees starting to be a little cranky. And I really put a focus into recovery work and you call it assistance or auxiliary work. I was not big into that in the beginning of my career. And that helped because that started to flow into the training with a lot of my athletes. And we actually saw more bang for our buck when I started diving into that aspect of, of the training. Now being out here is even more different. I mean, the tools we have in our gym are endless. Some of the stuff I still don't even know how to use or never even saw before. So now training becomes more of what I like to call lab work. You know, I still like to do my favorites. I still take a day and do Olympic lifts, do CrossFit style. But now it's, it's trying to see different things, trying to look at things from a different perspective. You know, what else can I do? With back squat. What else can I do besides a lunge with dumbbells? Can I can I work this exercise in a different plane? Can I do it using a different tool? How does it feel? So that's where I'm at right now. It's it's probably not where I really want to be. As far as being in shape, I'm probably a little out of shape. But not all that I'm requiring is is very good, and I'm using it to benefit. All the clients I work with, all the athletes I work with as well. 
I think training involves, you know, I think as you become involved with a different person or different sport, your style is going to change a little bit. Again, Chris, you hit it on the head. Walk the walk. You know, you're, that's what you preach. I had that written on my resume for years. I mean, to me, you got to. Um, my thing right now where I'm at is I'll, t- I'll look a kid in the eye and I'll say, I'm not going to ask you to do something that I'm not doing myself or have never done. And sometimes I'll write a prescription or write a prescription, write out a plan and I'll run the workout. I like some prescriptions. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, we'll prescribe movements, right? We'll, you know, yeah. right? Um, we do it all the time. I'll, I'll write it out, and I always hit the hit the training day before it hits the majority of our population, and there might be some days where I go up and, you know, hey, that, uh, that three sets of one-minute hanging knee raises... Um, it's, uh, I think we might want to scale that back a little bit and progress our way up to that one minute. Maybe we'll go 30 seconds, 45, then a minute. Um, so I've been there. So you just always, uh, always just keep mixing it up. And what I like about what you said and, you know, tying it in to kind of what we do for, for our kids to learn more from you. Um, obviously you say something, you know, your way a little bit different, but to me, what I heard was the basis of conjugate, right? Getting strong and exercising and training in many different planes of motion um, and different environments, mixing it up, you know, bars, you know, et cetera, using different tools, which it's, it's really cool to be able to make those comparisons because if, if you look at, you know, how sometimes I think we get into our, our grooves, right? Oh yeah, we We get into what I call a tunnel. Just get into a tunnel. Where we're just, we're just on our own thing, right? And this is this is the way. And you know, my my kids, they that really all they know, all they know is conjugate. And the fact that we don't teach Olympic lifting anymore and and stuff like that, just because, like you said before, with simple things, uh, keeping movement simple. um, I think it's tough to teach Olympic lifts to a group of sixty. 60 to 1, you know, uh, but when you bring back the fact that, and on the surface, everybody might hear, hear you say the buzzwords, right? Olympic lift, CrossFit, right. Uh, stuff like that. It's really not that different because you could always find things and pieces within every training style that, that fit together. So I think that's, uh, I think that's a good point to make, you know, to any of our listeners that might miss that, like good training is good training. Good training involves getting strong, moving in different planes of motion and getting strong in those planes of motion and having mobility to move through those things and mixing things up and constantly challenging your body in different ways. And I, I think Absolutely. That's, cool, that's cool to cool to kind of make known here. All right. hundred percent. Um so moving moving ahead. I know we gotta we gotta get you going here. I got another client coming in. Um we'll try to run real fast. Um Anything exciting coming up in the near future for you, um, personally or professionally? It will be in July. It's, it's a cool thing that we can do. And our gym here is called Heart and Hustle. And we Nike event. It's in downtown. It's in Hollywood at the Nike headquarters. And we'll basically be big, a big fitness class. And it'll be about 100 to 150 people. And we'll run them through six to eight different stations. You know, have all fun movements in there. Your box jumps, your lunge, your sled pushes, your sandbag carries. And it's just a great event. There's a lot of energy, I want to say, in the room and in the whole facility. And the music's pumping. And, you know, our main guy, Kevin, is usually on the mic. He'll be. You can hear him throughout the whole place yelling and, and getting people to work out. So it's a, it's a lot of fun. That's coming up live this year. We did it last year, too. It was a, a great experience. Great experience. Cool. We'll be, uh, those of us, hopefully your 
your folks in your area when they hear this hopefully they'll they'll get out there to that event those of us maybe out here in michigan we'll, we'll uh we'll keep uh we'll keep tabs on it and uh, look to uh, look forward to seeing yeah, yeah. it yeah you can follow us at, we're uh, at heart and again on instagram we're always posting and up we'll always have information on the site Okay. At right, you heard it, folks. Uh, at Heart and Hustle Gym uh, is that social media handles. What do you guys have? Instagram, Twitter. Instagram, Instagram is our biggest menu. Instagram. Um, and since we're on the topic, um, do you have your own social media page that uh, any of our listeners sure. can follow yeah. you? you can follow me at at Gary C. The letter C. Gall. Gary C. Gall. At Gary There'll C. be content coming up. It's kind of a goal of mine this year is to revamp my page. Basically make it look like a resume. That's that's become a resume now. So hopefully I'll provide some information on there people can learn from and some motivational quotes. Something I'm very passionate about. Cool. We'll, we'll be following for sure. I uh, already got you got you on there and i'm sure a lot of our uh iron dread podcast listeners will uh, get to you as well all right so one last thing here gary one last thing we yeah. got our first time right, first time ever we've done our speed sets questions these are fast uh quick answers um some of them apply right, to training I'm warming up. all right some of them have, have applied to training some of the stuff we might have touched on uh, a little bit, so I'll try to I'll try to uh, mix them up here a little bit. But here we go. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, set one. Go blue. Go green. Go blue. Go blue. Go blue. Go blue. Uh, how much? How much you squat? Right now, I'd have to say it'd be about three seventy-five if that's a really good day, and it'd be a strong level. Okay. How much you bench? Bench, I'd be lucky to get 275, but I'm going to call out 275. All right, deadlift. Deadlift's still pretty good. That's up around 425. All right, favorite training day? Favorite training day. Yep. What day? What... I have to go. Y'all go ahead. All right, what day? What's, what's your favorite day, day in your training cycle? I have my fit workout day, man. My wad day, you want to call it that. Just for the mind, it's it's the clearest state I can be in. You're thinking about when else we get some interruption. Uh, favorite exercise to train? I'd have to say the squat. Love the squat. Front squat. Nothing beats it. Front squat, back squat, safety bar, cambered bar. Straight bar. Front squat. Front squat. Front squat. Front squat. Yep. All right. We have uh, we hit a front squat variation a couple weeks ago, and um, I know I'm breaking up the speed speeds uh, questions here. We hit a front squat variation a couple weeks ago, um, and not a lot of our guys love it. So they're they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna be happy to hear that somebody actually loves it. So I'll tell them, hey, look, Gary loves his front squat. All right. Favorite sport Absolutely. to play. Favorite sport to play. Football. 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 Amen. Hands down. Amen. Yep. Favorite sport to watch? Football. Football. No buy, but hey, it is what it is. It is what it is. XFL coming out 2020. I know. I just saw that. I think they're gonna. They're gonna have an LA team, right? Yeah. I I saw that. Everything's here. Everything's. I mean, there's two NFL teams here. Yeah. It's like New York. They got everything. All right. Favorite food. Favorite food. Go Pete. Actually, check that tacos. Believe it or not, my taco scene is very good. Okay. Last yeah. one. Favorite music genre to train to? Country. 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 Unless it's a real hardcore. There'll be other ones when it's a hardcore, but country, believe it or not. Love the stories. Clears. Perfect. 
That's our 10 speed sets, right? 10, 10 sets of two. That's, that's our 10 speed sets. So Gary's training, his favorite music genre. Uh, sounded like you broke up a little bit there. If you didn't hear him, he said his favorite music genre to train to is country. Country uh, music, baby. Country music. Can't can't beat him. Getting ready to go to Luke Combs. I'll go see Luke Combs here this uh, this coming weekend. So Amazing. Yeah, I'm fired up about it. All right. So, Gary... Um, I thank you for your time. I know we're getting uh, real close to your time to have to go. Um, anything, anything else that we didn't touch on that you'd like to uh, talk about here before we uh, say goodbye? No, I think I think we hit it on the head. Uh, I love to talk about culture and hard work, man. Kids out there, the, you guys and girls that are grinding, Chris and kids back at New Falls College, nothing will ever replace it, ever. So you got to be willing to do what 99% of others will not do. And if you can do that and understand that, you'll be successful. Amen, my friend. That's all I have. Amen. All right, Gary. Well, again, I thank you very much. Uh, one more time, um, your social medias for everybody so we can follow you here from Michigan and all our listeners around uh, the country can keep track with you. Absolutely, I appreciate that. Our our gym one is at Heart and Ho Gym, and then my personal one is at Gary C Golf. Okay, so we got Instagram is the um, social media of choice uh, at Heart and Hustle Gym at Gary C Golf. Give him a follow. Uh, if you heard about Gary here on the Iron Dread Podcast, you know shoot him a shoot him a comment. Um, and let them know uh, what you thought. Gary, thank you very much for being on the show. Uh, hopefully, uh, we'll check back in with you in a couple months. We'll see uh, see how everything's going. That sounds great, Chris. Hope all goes well. Keep grinding up north, my man. Thanks for your time. Will do, my man. Thank you very much. So thank you again to Gary for giving up his time in between training clients and spending some time with us here on the Iron Dread Podcast. So, as is tradition at the end of each of our episodes of this show, we're going to have our weight room song of the week this week, chosen by our guest, Gary Gall. Uh, that song is All of the Above by Mano. Let's crank it up.
All right, so there you have it. This week's Weight Room Song of the Week, All the Above by Mano, uh, picked by our guest on the show, Mr. Gary Gall. So, folks, uh, as usual, that'll be the end of our show for this week. A little bit longer than normal, uh, kicking out to a full hour here. But, again, couldn't break up the great conversation that we were having with Gary. So I hope you enjoy it. Appreciate you listening all the way through the end. Again, uh, please patronize our sponsors, Crank It Up DJ Service and Line Dance Instruction. And, of course, Red Brick Kitchen and Bar uh, on Main Street in Dexter. Uh, Don't forget to tell them that you heard about them on the Iron Dread podcast. So until next time, remember, strength is never a weakness. Tough people always win. We do not embrace excuses. We are becoming dread stronger. We out. Thanks for listening to the Iron Dread Podcast. Please note that all views and opinions expressed in this podcast are the sole views of the individuals stating the opinions and not the views of the Dexter Community Schools. Also, please note that all music used in this production of this show is the sole property of the artists and recording labels from which the music came. You can follow the Iron Dread Podcast each and every week via SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Like, share, and subscribe to have new episodes automatically downloaded into the device of your choosing each and every week. Please leave a five-star rating and review and help support the show. Thank you for listening to the Iron Dread Podcast, and we'll see you next time.